Welcome to Real Faith with Robbie Morgan and uh, our special guest today, Liam. How are we doing? Doing great, my friend. It's so good to have you back on the show. How are you? I'm living the dream. I'm loving it. I'm so stoked to be back here, back on radio. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing fantastic. Now, tell me, some of the people who are listening, some yes. of our lovely listeners yes, may yes. not know where you have been. Where have you been? I have been uh, up in Brisbane. I uh, moved there to be a little bit closer to my girlfriend. I couldn't convince her to come down to, to Newcastle, so I went up there. We tried. We tried. Very, very hard, believe me. <laughs> the, the, the works that go on behind the scenes. Uh, but no, so I'm up there and um, I am working for some people up there. Go to South Brisbane, Seventh-day Adventist Church. So if, you, if you're listening from there, hi guys. All right. That's what you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Just up there, having some fun. Sweet as. Yeah. And uh, I got the privilege of hanging out with you over the weekend. Yeah. What, what did we get up to on the weekend? Remind we, me. We got to go down to Crossland's uh, Youth and, and Adventure Centre down, which is just north of Sydney. Um, so, In a place called Galston. Yeah. So we got to have some so much fun doing that, just having some Bible studies, which go for a canoe. And at the end of, of Saturday night, just when, you know, after Sabbath, we closed Sabbath and turned the lights on and we got to go on this massive flying fox. And it was absolutely, it was just epic. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. It was so yeah. good. We our, we had our, our little church plant crew there and uh, man, people were, people were game. Most oh. of the people were game. They were jumping off. With their eyes closed, they were putting their arms out and just falling over the edge. There were people who were jumping. Doing Superman style. That's right. People oh. screaming who you've never heard scream before. It was a great time. <laughs> I had a ball. It and was it, epic. And it was so nice to be doing a little bit of outdoor work. Haven't yeah, done that in a sure. long time. Always fun to be talking people through those kind of challenges. So it was a good time. So just want to do a big shout out, big thank you to uh, Crosslands for having us there. And anybody else who's curious about that, check them out. Crosslands Youth Convention Center. You can check them out online. They've got a great camping place and some other cool stuff they do there so check them out but uh aside from that man life is good absolutely is there anything you're grateful for at the moment oh yes definitely i'm grateful for my wife yeah. she had a birthday this week i won't tell you how old she she turned but she uh she had a, another day to celebrate uh, uh, birth <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful. I'm just, sorry, yeah, I'm grateful for my wife. She's very nice. She's awesome. She's a pretty cool chick, isn't she? She's a blessing. Um, just before, something I'm grateful for, just before you and I got to come here um, to radio, we ducked off to see a friend of ours, um, and there was a little baby that is a couple months old, and she's really, oh, she's gorgeous, and I got to hold her for a little bit, and it was just so awesome to, to be able to, to hold her and, and say hi to these guys. I haven't seen I haven't seen like a few months. So it was really good. Really, really cool to, to connect with them. So yeah. Excellent. Well, we've got a great show lined up for you. You don't want to miss it. We're going to be talking about the Tower of Babel. This is Steve Bell. Let my eyes see your glory, Lord. My heart is awash with groaning. Glad in the heart of your servant for you are the light of the City of great love, where sorrow, death, and pain will surely pass away. Will surely pass away. See the home of our God among. 
to Real Faith. You're listening to Faith FM with Robbie and Liam, and we are super excited to have you listening along. Whether you're driving in the car, whatever it is that you're doing today, super excited to have you. And uh, before we get into our weird and wonderful world, I just wanted to remind you that we have begun the practice, the art, you might say, of having discussions is what we're trying to work on. So we wanted to invite you to engage in that discussion. You can call in anytime during the show or text in with any of your comments on your discussion answer. And so the discussion question without any further ado is, what is your go-to nature nugget to prove creation? That's right. What nature information do you like to use that helps demonstrate that God has created the world? Mm. So you can text in at any time by calling or texting, rather, uh, 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text us at 0491-064-669. You can also, while I'm on that subject, send in any of your questions about the Bible, about God, about spirituality, etc. And we'll get to those at the end of the show in our Question of the Week session. You can call those in as well, and we'll tell you a little bit later what the free giveaway is today. All right, so without any further ado, what weird and wonderful facts have you got for us today? Well, Robbie, I've got a, a quick question for you. What do, uh, and just quickly, this is a question that we'll probably answer a little bit later on, but what do towers and languages have in common? 
<laughs> I said this in the car before, and it's the letters E and the letters S. <laughs> that, that that's correct. That's one thing. We're going to dive a little bit more into that a little bit later. But I just I've got some pretty cool facts about some some towers and languages. Um, so first off, the tallest tower in the world is the Burj Khalifa. All right, Burj it, Khalifa. It's in Abu Dhabi. It's in Dubai in Abu Dhabi. Yep. No, I have a friend who used to work over there. It's in Dubai, which is in the which is in the United Arab Emirates, and Abu Dhabi is another of their cities. That's there we go. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it is eight hundred and twenty eight meters tall. Eight hundred and twenty eight. Eight hundred twenty eight. That's not too far off of El Capitan. That's a, my favorite cliff in the in the whole world. It's, it's pretty decent. Um, now, aside from holding the world record for being the tallest building in the world. Yeah, the Burj Khalifa holds six other world records. It also holds the record for the tallest freestanding structure in the world, highest number of stories, highest occupied floor, highest outdoor observation deck, uh, the elevator with the longest travel distance, and the tallest service elevator in the world. So there are a couple of the records that it holds. Um, I imagine that if you have the tallest building and you have any of those things, you're automatically going to hold the record for those as well, right? <laughs> like, doesn't that make sense to me? It, it sort of goes <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> um, but what, what Now we're going to put it on the lowest floor. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> One of the most mind-blowing facts about the Burj Khalifa is how much the materials weigh. So think about, you know, this massive building. Squillions. Um, so just to put it into perspective, the amount of, the weight of the concrete that they've used is equivalent to 100,000 elephants. All right? Now. That is a, st- <laughs> that's an amazing comparison. <laughs> However, okay. I was expecting tons. This, this, well, look. I'm sure there's tons in there as well. This next part, this is what really baffled me. <laughs> the total weight of aluminium used in the Burj Khalifa is equivalent to five A380 airplanes. Which, if you think about that's it, that's not that much. It's, is not, it? it's not a lot. Wow, that's like there's a lot of concrete, and not that much aluminium. Yeah, I can count the number of airplanes on my hand. What would happen if they had an earthquake over there? Do um, they have a lot of earthquakes in that area? Like, do they have a lot of? Don't think uh, so. What do you call that? Uh, on, the, on, the, on the tectonic activity over there? I don't believe so, but... That's probably a good thing. That'd be yeah. full on. Um, anyway, so that's some fun facts about the Burj Khalifa. Now I'm going to tell you some fast facts about the language. Ooh, about languages. Facts. I like All fast right. facts. So, Rapid fire. There are roughly 6,500 languages spoken around the world today. Um, sadly, some of these languages are less widely spoken than others. Take Busu, for example, where were named after a language spoken by only eight people. Eight people. Uh, I, don't, I, think, I don't think that gets... That shouldn't get classification, in my opinion. That's kind of like... <laughs> It's That's one like of those pet things. names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a guess at the most spoken language? It's Mandarin. No. No? No. Ooh. Chinese? No. Mandarin. Okay, Mandarin is second. Yep. First is English. No way. Yeah, so really? One point, uh, w- sorry, one hundred, one, oh, here, this is a big number, 1,132 million people. So it's a billion. Yep. Speak English, 1,000, 100, look, and then a little less than that speak uh, Mandarin. So, yeah, anyway, this is Melissa Otto with Get Up and Run. You're listening to Real Faith on Faith Faith FM.
back to Real Faith with Robbie and Liam. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. And uh, just before we get into our Testify segment, just wanted to let you know that if you are a person who has a question to send in, the first caller in today who shares a question about the Bible, about God, about spirituality, any of those kinds of things, you're going to receive a free copy of a book called Prayerables. I love it. It's like Shakespeare invented words, so so can we. And the idea behind this book is it's going through the parables of Jesus and identifying what things we can draw out and pray about in our real life from those parables. So first caller in today is going to receive a free copy of that. You can do so by calling 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text us at 0491-064-669. It's now come that time of the show. Just, just oh. before we get there, I'm just oh. going to touch on the, uh, the, the, again, the question. What is your go-to Nature Nuggets approved creation? Just some examples of that, just to, in case you're wondering what we're talking about. The eyes, okay? Wow. Respiratory and circulatory system. Again, wow. if you think about it, wow. Yeah. Uh, another one that I can really connect to, hummingbirds. Wow. Just the way that they, they move, they go forward and backwards and so It's amazing. And thank you, Lyle wow. Southwell, for, for texting that one in. Uh, well, that that particular message was from Daniel. Oh, Daniel, but, I got it. I Lyle, remembered it wrong. Lyle also had one of the... Lyle, I think Lyle had one specifically for the hummingbird. That was the one that stuck out. So thank you, Daniel, yeah. for sharing that. <laughs> Sorry for my mistake. But yeah, so... Testify. Testify. So, what have you got for us, Liam? We're gonna we've got Liam sharing with us today. Yeah, I um I I, I shared this this morning with a different group, um, not on radio, but um, with some school staff. So if you heard that this morning, um, you're hearing it this afternoon as well. But that's Maybe okay. You needed to hear it twice. That's it. That's the one. Um, I've just I'm going to start with a verse, 
And we're going to go from there. And the verse is found in Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. And it says, If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. So basically what that was, what that is saying is that Esther, she is, she has been put in this position for a particular reason. Okay. Not anyone else, Esther. Now, I, last year, okay, I was loving radio. I was, I was really genuinely loving it and I loved all our listeners and I, I just felt the call to move. I didn't know why, but I felt the call to move and, Sometimes we don't know these things. Um, we don't know why we're called to move. But when we move, there is a, well, when we go to a place, when we're in a place, there is a purpose for that. And we might not see the purpose, but there is a purpose there. And I tell you what, if you're not going to fulfill that purpose, someone else will. Okay. But they're not there right now. You are. You're the one that's in that position to, to do that. And what this verse is saying is that you need to, you need to take that opportunity to do it. And, um, yeah, I, I I love. I've got a magic trick. I do a sleight of hand magic trick. I do where I make a um, I I tell everyone that I've got this this ring or this coin that I'm going to cover with a cup. I'm going to make it disappear. All right, and so I, I show everyone the ring or, or the coin. So this is a real coin, a real ring, and um, I bang the table with it to make sure. Oh yeah, this is real. Yeah, yeah, there it is, real. Everyone knows it's real, and then I place it on there, and then I place a cup on top of it. And then on top of the cup, I put um, like a towel or, or a, pa- a paper towel or something like that, just to make sure, you know, it's definitely covered, okay? And then I, what, what I do then is I show everyone, and then I put the cup back, and then I slam the table. I slam it down. And suddenly, my hand goes straight to the table. But then I take my hand away, I take the, the, the paper towel off, and the coin's still there. And I'm like, mate, I've, I've just failed this epically, but... Something else has happened. That cup that was there in between the paper and the coin, that's now gone. So the, the, the point of the trick is, you know, sleight of hand, misdirection, waha, jam, jam, bing, bang, boom, there it is. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the point is, our plan is the ring, okay? Our plan is to make the ring disappear. God's plan is completely different to the ring. It's got nothing to do with the ring. In fact, that ring is still going to be there. God's plan is for the cup to disappear, which is so much bigger, so much better. So what I'd like to remind everyone, the takeaway from this verse and from this story is God has a plan and make sure that you listen to God's plan. God's plan might have nothing to do with your plan. So listen to God's plan, take God's plan and um, and run with it, you know? Listen to God's word. I love that. You know, there, there are some times in life where, uh, like I can really relate to that, like I've been planting a church by the grace of God with an awesome team of people for the last almost three years. I never planned to do that, but I had been praying for God's direction in my life and I was kind of distraught. You know, where, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Give me some direction. And then within hours, somebody came and, and put that opportunity in my lap, an opportunity that I didn't particularly want to say yes to at the time, but it's amazing because I'd been praying and because I'd been asking God, give me direction. And he showed up right then and gave me that direction. I thought, man, I better listen because I was praying and God answered the prayer. And so he's, he's got plans and it's amazing. There's been ups and downs and challenges and victories and joys. But I tell you what, I wouldn't trade that. I wouldn't trade that experience because 
following God's plans is always better than following just your own. Mm, Amen. Absolutely. This is Red Mountain Music. Were you there? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it causes me to tremble Were you there when they crucified Sure, you tune into the breakfast show for giveaways, deep Bible discussions, magnificent music, and noteworthy news. All that and much more every weekday morning on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. a road trip up the coast, pop in just off the highway to New Start Juice at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Grab yourself a fresh, healthy juice or smoothie and check out the op shop while you wait. And remember, every day is a fresh new start. love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. 
What a wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing and joyful be. And through eternity, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And through eternity, I'll sing on. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul? This is what wondrous love. You're listening to Real Faith, but it's not as real as it could be. Why, you ask? Because this isn't the live show. So as good as this is, the live show is where it's really at. Join us every Thursday from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. so you can be involved live. I don't want to hear anymore. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore. Give me a vision. Could move this heart to be set apart. I don't need to recognize the man in the mirror. Cause I don't wanna trade your plans for something familiar. I can't waste a day. Cause I can't stay the same. I wanna be different. I wanna be changed till all of me is gone and all that remains is a fire so bright the whole world can see that there's something different to so come and be different 
Welcome back to Real Faith. You with Robbie and Liam. You're listening to Faith FM Radio. Super excited to have you with us today. We're about to get into our Bible study session of the program. And I'm super excited because we're getting into the Tower of Babel. And uh, it's going to be a good discussion topic. Going to give a, well, not a discussion. Going to be a good Bible study. And there's going to be some good discussion. So before we get into it, I just wanted to... Uh, Oh man, Liam's going crazy in here, and it's so distracting. Oh, I just, I'm just, I'm just, just dancing, dancing just in the excited. studio. Here for a good time. Anyway, um, <laughs> we got a question, didn't we? So I forget who the question. Who was the question from? I missed the name. Yeah, Stephen Frecko. So awesome. Thanks, Stephen, yeah. for your for your question. So you're getting a free copy of that book, Prayerables. If anyone else would like to get in their questions, you can still do so. And uh, let's have a just a quick. A quick mention of some discussion topics. Yeah. So what are some answers? So what are some go-to nature nuggets? We heard from someone during the break. Yeah, Margie uh, called in. She said all of creation, but even just the trees. And, and and she went on to say, how do you get a seed and start the process? Isn't that amazing? Like, how, where does it start? Everything has to have a, a beginning, a, a cause, yeah. right? Yeah. And the primary cause, the uncaused cause is God. And I love that. That's a really cool thought. Thanks for sharing that, Margie. And... Um, we're going to do some more after the next break, but we're going to get into our Bible study. So without any further ado, we're going to have a quick word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for all that you are and for all that you are not. And we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and teach us what you want us to learn about you today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we've been going through a series called In the Beginning, and we've been going through the first beginning stories of origins from the book of Genesis. And we have talked about how in the beginning God created the world in six days. Seventh day, he rested, he blessed it, and set that day apart. God made a perfect world with perfect people. So you have a perfect God, perfect world, perfect people, perfect relationships, perfect harmony. And then humanity chose to believe in the lies of the devil, to choose to follow him, and we see sin or evil enter the world and death and dying come into place. And within the next generation, we see murder take place. The next two human beings that come into existence, Cain and Abel, we see one of them murders the other. We see the world go in just a couple of chapters from Genesis 4 to Genesis 6 to such a state of wickedness that God says, I am sorry that I have made humanity on the planet, and I'm going to have to destroy the planet because it's just gotten so bad. It's more merciful to put an end to this. And then it says that Noah found grace, and eight people were saved in that uh, from that population, and uh, that was God's plan of mercy and grace was that somebody was saved, and he did that so that someone would be saved. Because if he hadn't done that, he said the wickedness and the violence of mankind at that time would have put an end to everybody. So we say that story, we got to the end of that story, and we found that Noah was like kind of like the new Adam, except that Noah failed in the same way that Adam failed. He fails in the garden. He's given the same kind of promise. We saw all those parallels last week in our Bible study. And yet, he failed to do the things that God was calling him to do, and got drunk, had some negative situation happen with his son, and uh, yeah, that was what we saw happen in last week's installment. But we are now in Genesis chapter 10, so the first book of the Bible, and we're going to start with a little bit of a lineage. So it's going to talk about a genealogy, and we're, we're not going to read all of it, but I just want to start with verse 1. Can you read that for us, Liam? Genesis 10, verse 1. Yeah, all right. This is the account of the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the three sons of Noah. Many children were born to them after the great flood. 
All right. So this is the genealogy of whose kids? Noah's. Noah's and his wife. Awesome. Now here's a question. Where do all human beings that live on the earth today and that have lived since the time of Noah come from? Noah and his three sons. Hmm. That's exactly right. Sorry, I was drinking uh, drinking a little bit of water there, so I didn't lose my voice. So everybody is related. Yeah. Not yeah. in some sort of like weird way. No. But the reality is we all go back to an ancestral pair, Noah and his wife, and before that, back to Adam and Eve. We are all family. And this this is a great basis for refuting racism, for refuting nationalism, for refuting all of these things. We we are entitled to to have... To, to exist in tribes, so to speak, but tribalism should not be adhered to. I am no better than you. You are no better than me. We are all citizens of earth, and um, we are all descendants of these same people. And what we've got coming next is what's going to happen with some of the descendants of Noah, and we're going to come back to that in just a moment after this break, and we're going to find out about a big bad dude named Nimrod. In the meantime, this is Evie. Give them all. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shadow dreams of your life
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Liam. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. You sure are. And uh, just another encouragement, you can call in with your discussion answers to the discussion topic today, which is... What is your go-to nature nugget to prove creation? Or if you've got any questions that you want to put in for us to look at in our question of the week session at the end of the show, you can do both of those things by calling 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or texting 0491-064-669. All right, so we're getting into these genealogies. And as we read through, I want you to just keep in mind, this is, you, you've got... You've got Noah, and he's got three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. When we come down to verse 8, we're going to look at some of those descendants. So uh, Noah had not Shem, I'm not, I was going to say Shem, but it's Ham. So Noah gave, not Noah gave birth, Noah begat, his wife gave birth Noah to Ham. <sighs> and then Ham had a son named Cush. So that's two generations from Noah, and we're going to read about one of his sons in verse 8 through 12. Check this out. Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on earth. Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say, this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. He built his kingdom in the land of Babylonia, with the cities of Babylon, Erech, Achad, and Kalneh. From there, he expanded his territory to Assyria, building the cities of Nineveh, Rehoboth-Ir, Kalah and Rezin, the great city located between Nineveh and Kalah. All right. Well done with those names, by the way. Thank you. Okay, so... Tricky to say it with confidence. That's it, because nobody else knows how they're pronounced either. <laughs> okay, so what was the name of Cush's son that's mentioned here? Nimrod. Nimrod. Now, just, yeah. Oh, just, Nimrod sounds like a very powerful name. It does, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's really fascinating about this word is that in the Hebrew, the closest that scholars can come to what it means is that Nimrod means rebel. <sighs> Isn't that interesting? And it becomes really interesting when you think about what's coming up in the story. Now, it says that Nimrod was a mighty man. He was a great hunter. Now, it doesn't tell us much about Nimrod, but it does say that he started to found some cities. And the principal city that's mentioned there is Babylon or Babel, right? And so as we come down in the story, we're going to find that this tower that's being built is built in that city. Now, the land of Shinar, as it was quoted in some, in, in, as it's quoted in some versions, there it said Babylonia is, is actually the country of, of the Chaldean people where Babylon is formed. So when you think about Daniel and the lion's den, and all of the people before the lion's den, um, so, sorry, because I said the lion's den was actually, that was after Babylon was taken over by Persia, sorry. But prior to that point, Daniel chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all of that is is the Babylonian empire, right? And then later on in scripture, we're going to see this term Babylon become something really significant. So we're going to talk about that later as we get into the Bible study a bit more. But here's the point. Nimrod starts the city of Babel or Babylon. And Nimrod is the rebel, right? Some scholars suggest that the, the way that he led was by violence. And when you hear about it and you read it in there, you think, man, he was a mighty hunter. He was a strong hunter. It seems to indicate that his name became a byword, like, oh, here, you're like Nimrod. Well, that could be a positive thing or that could be a very negative thing, couldn't it? Oh, man, he's like Nimrod. He's violent. He's aggressive. Oh, so you see this kind of indication that what's going on with Nimrod is not necessarily the happiest of things. 
All right, we're going to skip through. It then goes on in Genesis chapter 10 and talks about all of the, the different genealogies of the different sons. But we're going to come down to Genesis chapter 11, and we're going to focus the rest of our time basically on nine verses. So let's read the introduction to that. Let's read verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 11. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, or or China, as I mentioned before, and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. So we're going to come back and comment a little bit more about that. But first of all, I just want to note they have been coming together in order to build a great city and a tower. There is trouble, but you bring peace. I find it on my face, yeah, on my knees. In my darkest of hours, I will call your name. When I'm weary and broken, in my weakness, I will pray. I need Jesus.
crave great food that's good for you and for the planet, Manor Haven Cafe is an earth-friendly oasis right in the heart of Byron Bay, just across from Woolworths. The mouth-watering, 100% vegan menu will leave you and your friends satisfied and feeling great. Manor Haven's world-class curries and vegan lasagna have everybody raving. And if you mention this ad, you'll get one of our totally dairy-free desserts half price. We're open for lunch Monday to Friday at 97 Johnson Street, Byron Bay. Manor Haven Cafe. It's food for body and soul. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Did you know that 80% of Faith FM's operating budget comes from supporters like you? It takes 700 people just like you giving just a dollar a day to keep us running. Visit faithfm.com.au slash donate and partner with Faith FM today. And for just a dollar a day, together, we can reach Australia with life-changing messages of hope.
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Liam. You're listening to Faith FM Radio. And uh, let's hear a couple more answers to that discussion question. What is your favorite go-to nature nugget to prove God? I got a really good one from uh, from Ben. He uh, he said the giraffe. All right, the the giraffe, the long neck, the way the heart pumps, the the blood up the neck when the giraffe is eating leaves, yet somehow doesn't blow its head off when drinking from a pool of water. It's true. With the way that the valves work and the amount of pressure that goes up the neck, that when they put their head down, it should force so much blood into the brain that it that it actually Talk bursts. Talk about mind blown. Anyway. Crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Took me a moment. That was well said. <laughs> Let's hear um, one more. And uh, still on Ben, he also mentioned the seven-day week and how, you know, the, how it works in history. And just the formation from that from creation. It's actually fascinating. I was learning about this this week, oddly enough. Um, so thank you, Ben, for sending that in. Uh, it's it's interesting. They, they call it the circuseptin rhythm. And the idea is that there's no natural reason for a seven-day work cycle being what's best. But science has has backed up that that is actually the best rhythm for human life. Six days on, one day off. There's no, it doesn't go with the moon, it doesn't go with the sun, it doesn't go with the seasons. It's totally outside of, of those natural rhythms. And yet, it's actually the way that humans function best. And guess what? That's what God said in the beginning when and he that, set that up. That's not just with humans during the week. That's like with, with fields of crop per, per year. Like they take a sabbatical. They, they, like for, I used to live up in Far North Queensland. We had a, um, a cane paddock out the back. Six years, they'd have cane growing out the back. Then they'd, the seventh year, they'd put, um, the fallow. Like, yeah, like potatoes or something like that just yeah. to, to change the, the, the soil. So it's not just for us and, and it all stems back to creation. It's awesome. Mm. All right. So we've just read previously a couple of things about the people in Babel. So notice, let's, let's, let's identify a couple of things. The whole earth had how many languages? One. One language. So think about this. One of the biggest barriers that we have to progress, quote unquote, in the world is language barriers. And I know that from experience. Like I moved to the Marshall Islands and I lived on this little outer island. Languages, the lack of ability to communicate is a serious, puts a serious halt in progress. So when you have everyone being able to communicate clearly, you can have a serious level of unity in a direction if you have something to connect you together. So check this out. So everybody speaks one language. Now, God had said to Noah, there was a command. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So God had essentially said to Noah the same thing that he said to Adam and Eve. You need to go out and spread out, scatter, and populate the planet. Now, I want you to notice, the people here have one language, and it says that it came to pass, they journeyed to the east, they found this place in Shinar or Babylon, they dwelt there, and then they said to each other, right? They're like, come, let us, let us, let us make a building. And then their reasoning in verse 4 was, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So I want to just ask the question, what are some of the problems that we see going on in this little passage? Number one, there's a serious spirit of disobedience, a spirit of rebellion. Isn't it interesting that Nimrod means rebel, mm. and the people that have what are learned they doing? from him are engaging in rebellion yeah. as well. We don't want to do God's plan. We don't want to fulfill God's plan for humanity. We don't want to follow his ideals. We don't want to reflect his image the way he says. We want to do our own thing. So rather than be scattered abroad and do what God has said, 
you know, completing God's will for humanity. We want to gather together for a different purpose, our purpose, because it's about our will instead of God's. What else sticks out in this? Um, the, the, I guess that's the, um, the, the, the unity that they had, the unity that, that was then divided. Yeah. I, I, there's a great saying that un, united we stand divided before. Mm. Um, but just because, you know, you have the appearance of, um, of unity doesn't mean that you are. Maybe on the outside you're unified, but on the inside where it really matters, you're divided and, I think that's sort of what happened, and we'll probably get to this a little bit later on with 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 divided we fall. Um, yeah, totally. But yeah, you know what else is interesting? I was listening to a sermon on this very topic recently, and what's really fascinating is in the absence. Oh, I'm trying to think about how to say this in a way that will make sense. <laughs> you, if you want people to work together, even if you you communication doesn't equal unity, right? No, yeah. Like in my house. I grew up and we all spoke English. We're all monolingual. Nobody in my household is properly bilingual. We got a few words and phrases. But that's about it, right? And the reality is that we still had miscommunication. We still had fights. We still had all of those things, right? We didn't have total unity all the time because communication isn't enough. You need to have a common vision. You need to have a common purpose. But what's going on here is mankind is failing to fulfill God's common purpose for them. If everybody had been following God's will for humanity, they could have been united in the sense that we can be scattered and yet united. We can be spread abroad and still united because we believe in the same God. We're following His will. We're actually, we can be different and yet united. But what's going on here is they can't stay united without a common vision. And if they're rejecting God's vision, they have to come up with their own vision. Right? Do you see that? Is that making a bit of sense? Yeah. So what's going on here is in the absence of God's vision being the vision that everyone follows, we're going to formulate our own vision. And notice what happens. The vision is about whose glory. It's about theirs. It's about human pride. It's about human ego. What are we going to do? We're going to build a tower. Why? So that we can stay together. So that we can be fortified and secure in our own selves. And what are we going to do? We're going to make our name great. Right, You don't build the biggest building in the world except to get the accolades and be be marked out as the best and the brightest and the boldest. You know what I mean? Like you don't build, what was the name of that building we were talking about before? The Burj Khalifa. You don't build that for no reason. You build that and charge $20,000 a night for the top, the top room get your in the building out of it. To, to, to get a name for yourselves. We can do what no one else can do. For sure. The pride and the ego of man. So when you look at this, this is exactly what's going on. Um, so it's just, it's just incredible. Come, let us build ourselves a city whose top is in the heavens. And a third point that I think is really significant. Why would they build it all the way to the heavens? That's a pretty tall building, right? The goal is to build it to the heavens. What do you reckon? I think that is them. Have, okay. Okay. He's, I think that is their, I don't want to say, okay, it's their lack of faith. It's their lack of faith. They, they, they say it's so they can get closer to God. Um, but, you know, they've built this thing to avoid a flood, right? To make. Boom. God promised, yeah. I will never again flood the earth. Every time you see the rainbow, it's a reminder that I will never again flood the whole earth. If you trust me, if you believe me, you don't need to build a tower. 
You don't need to have something that's going to rescue you and keep you above to the heavens. You can actually trust that God is just going to provide for you. So this is also a lack of faith. It's a lack of trusting that God will keep his promises. So there's a few things that are going on in this space that are just just quite interesting. We're going to go to a song here. And um, when we come back from that song, we're going to read what else happens in the story. What is God's response going to be to that? This is Fernando Ortega. to Real Faith with Robbie and Liam. You're listening to Faith FM Radio. Sure and uh, just before we get back into our Bible study, yeah, let's let's hear some more of these discussion 
nuggets. It's not really the right thing to say. The discussion topic <laughs> questions, the answers to the discussion question, which are about nature nuggets. There we go. Um, and by the way, there's still time. If you want to get in on the discussion, you can call 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us at 0491-064-669 to tell us your favorite go-to nature nugget to prove creation. So what do we have for us? Um, uh, we've got a guy named John. He's saying uh, the giant meteors crashed into Earth conveniently destroyed all chief predators, yet gentle, vulnerable life forms survived. Wow. Yeah, that's right. So if how if, convenient? <laughs> yeah, it, there's it, actually there's there's a number in here that don't necessarily um, prove creation, um, but more disprove evolution. Yeah, there, there's some interesting ones as well, and that, that's I think that's one of those. There are some interesting questions. One one that I find very fascinating is the issue of the fossil record, and that when you look at the what's what's referred to as the Cambrian explosion, what you actually see is you see animals like life life forms i should say because it's plants and animals that are buried in a succession and when you think about where those things would have lived it's the aquatic life forms and then it's the low-lying life forms and then it's the higher life forms and in terms of further and further away from the ocean and it's actually buried in that order and the fact that Fossils only happen under certain circumstances rapid burial where there's not time for decomposition to take place is it has to happen in catastrophic events, but we have these things all over the world on tops of the highest mountains. It's very fascinating. I, I've heard of. Oh, I, I need a little bit more time just to, to knuckle it down. So don't don't quote me on this. Don't take my word for it. But I've heard that it can take as little as two weeks for something to fossilize. Yeah. Wow. Um, it has to happen rapidly. Yeah. Otherwise, the actual life forms decompose. Yeah. And the process is too far gone. Like yeah, like someone has found some um, some fossils that are, that are two weeks old. So yeah, yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, so we're back in Genesis chapter eleven, and we're going to read what is God's response to this, and we're going to actually just read one verse for a moment, uh, verse five. Genesis chapter eleven, verse five. The Bible says, "But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building." Okay. Why, Robbie? Why do you want to just read that one verse and then comment on it? And it's simply this. When you look at the story of the Tower of Babel, you've got nine verses and you have a pattern. You have narrative, part one. Then you have the speech of the people, part two. Then you have, oh, let's call that A, sorry. So A, the narrative. B, the speech of the people. C, God coming down to investigate. That's called judgment. God investigates before he executes judgment. And then after that, we go back to the speech of God and then back to the closing narrative. That's what's called a chiasm. It's a a form of Hebrew poetry in which the first part relates to the last part, the second part relates to the second last part, and you work that way until you get to the middle, which is actually the climax of the story. And what's really interesting is that God doesn't just snap his fingers and boom, we're just going to deal with this problem. He comes down to investigate. Now here's the question. Does God need to walk down to earth to see what's going on? No. No, he already knows. He's an all-seeing God. That's right. So is it for his own benefit that he's coming down to investigate? No. No. He so, can He can see us. That's exactly right. But I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. And it's not about him seeing us. It, or it's not about him seeing um, what the his people are doing. It's about his people seeing him. Boom. It's about his people seeing how he goes about judging that he is fair and just. It allows the onlookers 
to see and understand that God is fair and God investigates before he executes judgment. We see that in the Genesis story where we look at the creation of Adam and Eve, the fall. He comes down and investigates. Hey, did you eat from the tree? Hey, what's going on? Why did you hide? Are you naked? Oh, how did you know you were naked? Right? All of these questions. And then with Cain and Abel, hey, don't you, why are you downtrodden with your face? What's, what's the deal, Cain? Don't, don't you know that if you do well, you'll be accepted? And you see this pattern repeated throughout scripture that God investigates before he judges, not because he needs to. He already knows, but for the benefit of the onlooking people and angels, etc. All right. So. Let's continue on with the story. Um, let's read verse 6 through verse 7. Bible says, Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. All right. Now, th- this is this is super fascinating. I want you to think about this. The word Babel... In the, in the original language, Bab El, El means God, and the idea is that it means the gate of the gods, or the gate of God, right? So when they talk about this Tower of Babel, and we're going to find out something very funny towards the end here, <laughs> that, that Moses has written under the influence of the Spirit that is quite humorous. But I want you to notice something. This tower is supposed to be built all the way up to where? To... To, to the, the heavens, to the heavens yeah. right? We're going to build a tower to the heavens. This is going to be the gate to the gods, right? The gate to God. And it's interesting. They've built the tower. And what does God say? Like, like they're building this tower and God's like, oh, hey, come, let us go down. Mm. In other words, they haven't reached us. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to actually have to come down to investigate. No matter what it is that we do as human beings, by our own efforts, by our own works, by our own fruits, we cannot get our way up to God. Even by building an 828-meter-tall Burj Khalifa. That's right. We actually are in a position where God is condescending or stepping down to reach us. Yeah. And so he steps down and he says, hey, we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to sort this out and figure this out because what's going on is, this is leading in the same direction that it led just before the flood. If I let them continue to do this stuff with this language, this is going to be the creation of the first empire. And we all know from history how well empires seem to follow God's plan of life and liberty, right? It's all about control and it's all about rebellion and it leads very quickly to destruction of human life. And he sees this happening. The earth has just been renewed, just like three generations, right? Only two generations have come since the flood. And um, God says, I'm going to step down and we're going to confuse the languages. Why? Because if they can't communicate, they won't be united enough to be able to do this problem. And they will actually start scattering. And I'm actually going to be saving humanity by doing this. This is Rob Smith and Nikki Criswell across the streets. Fly, leaving worldly gain 
Jesus has risen and reigns And no fearful and trembling We go remembering the gospel is mighty to save Lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise For heaven's judge is soon returning The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Liam. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. Oh, that was really cool. I like that that last song ended with the gathering of people from across the globe. That's going to tie in super super important into the rest of this Bible study. All right, so before we get into uh, our Bible study again, we're going to do our last sharing of some discussions. So uh, let's let's grab some of those responses to the question. Again, the question was, what is your favorite go-to nature nugget to prove creation? So what do we got here, Liam? You got any up there? We've got we've got a few. Oh, one that um, our producer, actually, producer Shell mentioned, the platypus. The platypus is one of the most coolest animals in the world. It kind of does break a few barriers. It does. It's <laughs> like a half duck, half beaver, half many different things all mushed together. And it lays eggs and it's a, it's a mammal. And it's, it's, it's a monotreme. It's, yeah, there's so much going on there. That's like, it's really hard to explain. Isn't wow. It? Super cool. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. We've got time for one more before. One more? Okie dokie. Uh, let's have a look-see here. Um, Shannon has said, uh, the blood and its third element, the concepts of pleomorphism. I have no idea what that is. Monomorphism. It paints a very different picture of life. Okay, look, we, Shannon, if you're listening, we appreciate it. We might just not be quite the the brainy people to break that to one send down. In a definition for us, <laughs> but we appreciate your um, response. Oh, here we go. One more DNA and the origin of information. Intelligence always comes before information. Boom. There you go. I That's love that. One. That's a great thought. Awesome. Well, 
Make sure you guys stick around for those discussion questions for next week. We'll tell you at the end what our discussion question will we discussion question for next week will be. We'll tell you at the end of the show. And uh, just one more chance before we go to this break to tell you, you can call in with your questions. We'd love to do that after the break. We're going to be doing our questions of the week, and uh, you can do that by calling in one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or text us at zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. All right, let's start reading through the rest of this passage. So God has said, hey, let us come down. And the, 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 the humor in there is, is great, that we think that we can build our ways up to God. There's lots to be said on that, but that is not the way that it functions. So, verse 8, let's Picking continue. Picking it up in verse 8, it says, In that way the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel. Because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. And, um, yeah. Or Babylon is, is, I've got in a footnote. Um, it says Babel sounds like a Hebrew term that means confusion. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So when you think about this, the, the local languages of the day, the Semitic languages, Babel meant, it meant gate of the gods. But isn't it interesting? It's almost like a stab. It's mm. a little bit of a chuckle. And Moses is saying, yeah, you, you, you thought that creating the tower, working your own way up to God by your own means, manipulating God by doing what you want and trying to work your way to him rather than allowing him to tell you what it is that you need to respond to. He says this, this legalism, right? This way of thinking that we can save ourselves and making God follow our ways rather than recognizing that he is God and he's created the image and that we are to surrender to him. He says, man, man, that whole thing that you thought was the gateway to the gods, he says, no, 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 that's confusion. And it's just, it's almost like a little like chuckly kind of, hmm, isn't that funny? The word that you <laughs> thought was we can work our own way to God by doing our own means is actually biblical confusion. It's religious confusion. What's fascinating to note is that the word Babylon then goes on to be used in the Hebrew language to mean confusion, right? What happens when the Israelites are taken in exile into Babylon in the 7th century BC? I think I've got the centuries right, 605 BC. It's the nation of Babylon, and they're in a place of religious confusion, spiritual confusion. It then becomes a term that's broadly used in the New Testament to refer to spiritual confusion. It talks about the, the, the apostate churches as spiritually confused. It talks about coming out of Babylon, come out of spiritual and religious confusion to the truth. Come to the truth of who Jesus is and what Scripture says. And it's fascinating to note this, right? It's just like when you think about all of the false religion in the world, and false religion finds its way into Christian churches, unfortunately. You think about this, this idea of we're going to work our way up to God by doing this, that, and the other, and God's going to have to, he's going to owe us because we're going to do this, and it's so backwards to the truth of the gospel with, with, that it's confused. You know, we, we change God's word to try and suit us. We change the interpretation of God's word to suit our likes. We try to make, we try to paint God in our image rather than recognizing that we don't accurately reflect his image and allowing him to change us, right? That's what idolatry is, painting God in our own image. We don't like what God looks like, so let's, let's, try to change his appearance to suit our likes and wants and desires. 
rather than saying, wow, I'm broken. I need help. I need a savior because I don't look like the image that God made me to be in, but God is able to do that work in me by his grace, by the power of his spirit. And I love this. This is God's purpose. So God scatters them, but check this out. And this is, we're going to talk about this more. I've got like 30 seconds left, but check this out. God scatters them by changing their languages, confusing their languages. But why does God scatter? He scatters in order to gather. And when you come to Acts chapter 2 in the New Testament, you come to the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, what do they start doing? They start speaking in languages that they don't know how to speak, and people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own native tongues by people who are uneducated in their language because the Holy Spirit bridges the gap and we see the, the, the curse, so to speak, of Babel being undone by the power of the Spirit due to what Jesus has accomplished at the cross. The reuniting factor, the gathering factor, is Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit. Boom! Oh, that's so good. All right, this is Marty Haugen, Gather Us In. place new light is streaming now is the darkness vanished away see in this space our fears and our dreamings brought here to you in the light of this day gather us in the lost and forsaken gather us in the blind and the Kingdom. Now is the day. Yeah.
Do you enjoy listening to Faith FM? We'd love to hear your story. Let us know on our website at faithfm.com.au or email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au and let's connect today. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. This is a rerun of Real Faith. Make sure you join Thursdays at 3.30 for the live show. sky to close the day I wait the surf where dolphins play the taste of salt the dance of waves and my soul wells up with hallelujahs a lightning flash my pounding heart a breaching whale a shooting star Give testimony that you are And my soul wells up with hallelujahs Oh, praise Him all His mighty words There is no language where you can be heard Your song goes out to all the earth Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah Cratered moon and sparrows' wings, or thunder's boom and Saturn's rings, unveil our Father as you sing, and my soul wells up with hallelujah. Oh, praise Him all His mighty works. There is no language where you can be heard. Your song. of life within my wrist A fallen snow A rising mist There is no higher praise than this And my soul wells up And my soul wells up Yes, my soul wells up Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Liam. You are listening to Faith FM Radio, and I'm just curious what time it is. Oh, 
have missed that. All that right. Me. So it's come that time where we look at your questions, and um, by the grace of God, we try to answer them biblically, and, and hopefully you find that helpful. So what's our? I think we've got one question that's come in this week. Uh, what's the question, Liam? question is, can the Holy Spirit see things different in two people who are full of the Spirit but disagree with one another? Mm. That is, there is a lot to unpack in that. And it's it's a great, great question. So, thank you. It is a great question. So, I mean, there's there's so many things to to ask about this that, that kind of come out. Of this. Who, did it say who the question was from, by the way? Um, was this? Oh, this was Stephen Freco. So, thanks, yeah. Freco, for sending yeah. in your question. And uh, yeah, let's we're going to do our best to answer that. So, first of all, every every believer has the same opportunity to be filled with the Spirit, and I think that's really important to note. Um, you see, you see in the Old Testament, you see with Elijah, he's got the Spirit of God, and, and Elisha, when he's about to, when Elijah's about to go away, he's like, what, what would you like? And Elisha's like, I would, I would like a double portion of your Spirit, right? And he's really referring to the Holy Spirit, what's going on there. But what's interesting is that the Holy Spirit gives to people different gifts. The Holy Spirit gives to different people the ability to do different things at different times. We see this evidence throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. So what does it mean when someone is full of the Spirit? And I think what's, what's really underlying what that question is, it, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, can you still have freedom of choice? Can you still be human and err and all of those things? And I think the answer is, the short answer is, is certainly. Um, if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31 through 33, it says something very interesting that I think sheds a little bit of light on this subject. So Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians 14 to the believers in Corinth, and in chapter 14 he speaks a lot about, well, 12 through 14 of this, he talks about spiritual gifts and he says they're given by the Holy Spirit, right? And so believers receive the Spirit, and we're to pray for the Spirit, we're to seek for the Spirit. We see evidence of being filled with the Spirit taking place more than once by the same people, um, in Acts chapter 3, I believe it is, towards the end of the chapter, um, Peter and John have been put in, in the temple prison, and when they get released, and they're, they're, they're scourged for believing in Jesus, when they get back to their, to their group, it says that they prayed again to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and the building was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we see that being filled with the Spirit can take place more than one time. Um, it's Acts chapter 2, they're filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 3, they're filled again with the Spirit. We see times where people are in the Spirit and they have visions, such as John in Revelation chapter 1, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and received this vision. So we see these things taking place. But what's really fascinating here is he's writing to a group of believers about the spiritual gifts, and he's talking to them about church order and not having confusion, but he says this very interesting line. In 1 Corinthians 14, 31 to 33, it reads, For you can all prophesy, speaking about prophets, for you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Okay, so he's saying you don't prophesy all at the same time and talk over each other. He says one person at a time. If you've been given a, a message from God, a prophetic message, you share it one at a time in the group so there's order, right? And then he says this line, and this is where I, where I think it ties into what your question is. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, right? For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And what's fascinating to me about this is that they've all, he's talking about people who have received the gift of prophecy by the spirit. And he's saying that you, you are going to, to speak 
speak about that message that you've received, and you're also going to let the others judge that. Verse 29, let two or three prophets speak, let the others judge, to decipher and to discern what's going on. Some are given a, a vision, some are given a dream, and interpreting all of this stuff is happening. We have to judge and discern, base it on Scripture. All of this is stuff that is happening, even with the gift of prophecy present, which is given to somebody by the Holy Spirit. So the point is, these are people who have the Spirit, they're full of the Spirit, and yet they are able to, they, they, are, they need to learn, they need to be able to discern and to judge. And so the question, can you read the question again for me, Liam, just so I've got the... Can the Holy Spirit see things different in two people who are full of the Spirit, but disagree with one another? Okay, so so the hopefully I'm answering your question the way you're, what you're intending to ask, is the Holy Spirit can see the difference between these two people. People can be full of the Spirit and have differences, but the, the reality is that the Spirit is going to lead us into truth. Jesus says the Spirit will lead you into all truth when He comes. And so there may be differences, but as we seek the Spirit and we're full of the Spirit and we follow His leading, which we can choose to do or to not do, is when He leads us into the truth. And I think as we experience that, that's where we're going to experience more of that unity and less of that difference. But the Holy Spirit can certainly see those differences because the spirits of the prophets are still subject to the prophets, right? Like I can choose to be listening to the Spirit, or I can be full of the Spirit and choose to reject and stop listening to the voice of the Spirit, and it gets quieter and quieter. Some other examples that came to my mind are First First Kings 13, there's the story of the prophet who is sent to go to the king, and I'm forgetting the king's name offhand, I'm just turning there, First Kings 13, and he's given a message to give to, I think it's, I want to say it's uh, Jeroboam, but... Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, he goes and he delivers the message. A miracle is done through him. And Jeroboam. Jeroboam. Excellent. Thank you. You're so much faster on the pages. And his hand withers. And then he he's pray, he's seeks for, for healing. And the hand is healed. All of that stuff goes on. But then he goes away and he's deceived by another prophet. And he disobeys God. And he winds up getting killed by a lion in response to not being faithful to God's message. So he was full of the Spirit. He was given a message by God. He was doing miracles by the power of the Spirit, and yet he chose to refuse to listen. And so I think the point there that I'm trying to make is that we can be full of the Spirit and be wrong on some things because we're not listening to the Spirit or because we still have things to learn because the Spirit is not teaching us all things at once. None of the prophets knew everything. John the Baptist is called the greatest prophet among men by Jesus, and he said to Jesus when he was in prison, are you the one that we were expecting or should we look for another? Right? He had questions. There were times where he wrestled with doubt, but he was still full of the Spirit. And it's just really interesting to think about these things. Um, so hopefully that answers your question there, Freco. I, I hope that's helpful to you. And um, yeah, that's what we've got for you. This song is by Casting Crowns and it's called Broken Together. Good. 
gentler times Before all our scars and all our secrets were in the light Now on this hallowed ground we've drawn the battle lines And will we make it through the night? It's gonna take much more than promises this time God can change our minds Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete Could we just be broken together? If you can bring your shattered dreams And I'll bring mine Can healing still be spoken and said? broken together How it must have been so lonely by my side We were building kingdoms and chasing dreams and left love behind Praying God will help our broken hearts align And we won't give up the fight It's gonna take much more Than promises this time Only God can change our minds Maybe you and I were never meant to be just be broken together If you can bring your shattered dreams And I'll bring mine Can healing still be spoken And save us The only way will last forever Just be broken together If you can bring your shattered dreams And I'll bring mine Can healing still be spoken And save us The only way will last forever Is broken together
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Liam. You're listening to Faith FM Radio. So uh, we've come to the end of the show, and we're going to do our our application time wrap things up. and start to wrap things up from this Bible study. And uh, thank you all for your for your questions, for sending those in, and thank you for sending in your uh, discussion comments. We look forward to hearing from you. We're going to tell you in a little while just what the uh, discussion topic is for next week, and you can react to that on our Facebook page in advance if you like, or you can call in or text in live on the show. All right, so the Tower of Babel has has been read. What are some applications that we can draw out of this story? One of the things that I think is huge out of this story that I think is a really big takeaway is that sometimes our perspective of who God is is just so off base, right? Like we 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 often go around spouting ideas that suggest that God does judgment in a particular way like like this. The people will think, oh man, if I do the wrong thing, God's going to send a lightning bolt and bam, I'm done. But notice that here we see the pattern that God investigates before he executes judgment. Not because he doesn't know, but because it's giving people the opportunity to confess, to repent, to see what's going on, for people to see what's playing out. Um, the The whole not destroying the devil as soon as he sins, is allowing him to experience choices. And what that does is it demonstrates God's kindness and compassion, mercy, and justice by how he he deals with that. And a real-life application that I think we can take from this is, one, God is a trustworthy judge. We can trust that he will judge fairly and rightly. But two, we also ought to emulate that and not jump to conclusions, but we should investigate when we have to make judgment calls, whether you're a parent and you're trying to deal with your child, because Sometimes we jump really quickly to what we think is the answer of what's gone on, and then we we act out punishments or any kind of response consequences to these things without actually knowing the truth. And so I think that one lesson that we can draw out of this is if God is demonstrating a willingness to come down and, and investigate before executing judgment, then perhaps so should we. Any thoughts that you've got? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, just coming back to to the whole idea of, of united we stand, divided we fall. Um, when when the Tower of Babel was created, it was it was they bunch of people with a common goal. They were they were united and they were standing for going to, for, for building this tower to get to the heavens, um, so they could reach the gods. They were united for a cause that God knew was going to lead them down the wrong path. And again, touching on what you said um, a little bit earlier. He had to scatter them at Babel mm. so that one day later down the road he could he could gather them up and um and take care of them and, and bring them home. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Short and sweet. <laughs> Love it. Um but Some, yeah, but, sometimes God has to scatter our plans in order to bring us to the right plan. Exactly. And um and, and, and another thought coming back to what you just said a minute ago, um sometimes God needs to come down. Not necessarily, and just him having that conversation with us allows us to stop. You know, in life we go so fast paced. We just go, 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 go. We don't ever realize, we don't ever have the opportunity to turn around and realize what's going on behind us. Yeah. It could be perfect harmony. It could also be crazy chaos. And we need to take time to either appreciate the perfect harmony or look back and learn from this chaos and take a, a positive step forward. Um, to, to make sure that we can be the best people that we can be. Not only the best people that can be, that we can be for ourselves, um, but in a way that brings other people to Christ. Totally. Um, and, and, and be a witness for Him. Um, and, and yeah. Totally. Totally. 
you know, that was a thought that just came to my mind is that, that, that you, you might think because like, first of all, in this story, we, we can look at this and just think this is just a story about people X amount thousand years ago, um, X thousands of years ago, you know, however long it is. Right. And, and we can think to ourselves, Oh, that's a cool story. Nice. Great. But the reality is we look at this story. You can, I can see me in the story. Can you see you in the story? Oh, for sure. Right. How often do I go about saying, well, God's, God's will is that, but I want to do this. And so rather than having faith and trusting that God's going to provide, I'm going to try and build my own security and I'm going to try and make my own way to God rather than just having the faith to obey what God has said and to follow and trust. Like sometimes, sometimes we think that <laughs> sometimes we think that when God says, Hey, have faith in me. And here's what you do. Sometimes people will say, well, that's, that's like legalism. That's moralism, you know, to, to just believe what God says and to try and by grace walk that way. But it's the total opposite. Like they're doing legalism, trying to build their own way to God by their own means rather than doing what God had said, which was go multiply. If they really trusted God, then they would just go multiply and say, well, we don't have a way to keep ourselves safe. If there is a flood, we just trust that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. I put my faith and my hope and my, and my trust in what God promised to do. And so that's why I'm responding this way because I believe him. I trust that he's going to provide for me and take care of me. He's going to take care of it. And so I think that that's one of the, the really practical things that we can take out is let's not build our own ego and build our own towers. And I'm going to make my way to God this way rather than just saying, well, God, I trust that God knows and loves and is faithful. And so therefore I believe him. And because I believe him, I can walk this way and he'll help me. And if I stumble, I'll come back and confess, repent, and he'll walk me in the right way. And I love that. I think that's a really practical application out of this. Mm. Trust God with your feet, not just with your mouth. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like faith has feet. It responds in, in, in movement and it's, it's a blessing to be able to do that. And I really like that. So well, those are some practical applications. Just want to encourage you to, to just respond, to look for yourself in the story Let's come out of confusion. Here's the other thing. I really love that as we look at this story, you might think, oh, well, those people who went the wrong way and built the tower, there's no grace and there's no hope for them. Well, that's not true. God interceded and scattered them in order to give them a chance to actually come out of their rebellion and repent. And so that's the opportunity for us. And if any of you are in confusion, like I have been in confusion and am still in confusion in ways that I know or don't know, we can respond and come to Jesus now. He scatters in order to gather. All right. Well, to close off our show today, just want to encourage you to call in during the week and check out for our discussion question. Discussion question for next week is, how should Christians relate to competition, such as competitive sports, etc.? That's a good How one. should Christians relate to competition? So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that and uh, some defense on why you think what you think. There's a couple of Bible verses that, man, in there for that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So I want to encourage you to get engaged with that discussion. You can call in next week or you can hit it us, hit us up on our Facebook page. And, uh, yeah, after that, I think, I mean, what's coming on next? We stay tuned for drive time, eh? Gary and the gang. Awesome. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great week. And remember that real, real faith, faith is lived faith. faith.
Portals, he's 